serious news, seriously entertaining. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy Thursday. Thank you very much. This portion of the program is brought to you by... Way to go. Parker and Sons Plumbing. Electrical two-time winner. You didn't winner. get it right the first time. No, I did not. <laughs> uh, two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. I failed miserably. I said, choose the way... I don't know. I live here, so it doesn't really matter. Hey, that's what happens when you've got a three-year-old daughter, and uh, it is a pouring rain in the land of the dirt people. That's right. And uh, and uh, she climbs into bed with you at 1 a.m., and you've got to get up at 2 a.m. So you, we'll give you a pass. All right. Hey, we've talked a lot about... Uh, this border wall, it's a temporary border wall, kind of a barrier along the Arizona-Mexico border. So last week we heard about it. Governor Doug Ducey put money in, and uh, he's put uh, these shipping containers on top of each other. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we've goofed on it because after the first day, one fe- one fell. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, the first day, you know, I don't know if there was a big wind, but it fell. Uh, and then you get to put it back up, and you're like, what are you guys doing? And it's supposed to only be temporary. Biden mm, is supposed to take care of this problem. He's he's allotted some money, uh, and and so we have that. But it's very interesting, these shipping containers, right, to build a wall. Is there a major problem with it? Our next guest sees a, a major problem with it. Uh, joining us now is Andy Gordon, former uh uh, counselor to the Department of Homeland Security under President Obama. Andy, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you all? Hey, we're good. Before we get to you, why you, you have a, a problem with the wall, uh, you worked on uh, the barrier, the, the border wall under the Obama administration. Tell us exactly what you did so we get a little background on you. Yeah, so when I was at uh, Department of Homeland Security in 2009, 2010, uh, one of my primary responsibilities uh, related to uh, maintaining and completing uh, the barrier. At that time, there were 470, 480 miles of barrier up. And we had, uh, we committed to completing construction of some additional barrier, which we did. Uh, And I was responsible for overseeing parts of that. I was responsible for uh, some of the environmental issues uh, that it presents okay. uh, frequently travel down to uh, the border sectors. I've been to this Yuma sector several times. Okay. So the shipping containers, um, you don't love them. Tell us why. <laughs> it's a stupid idea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really? it's, I mean, it yeah. looks pretty good. I'm kind of looking at it and, and it fits, but tell yeah. us why it's stupid. Yeah. Okay, well, there are a couple of reasons. Uh, One is just uh, a tactical, strategic matter. The reason uh, what is along the border is uh, a fence rather than a wall, there's a few places where it's solid, but it's primarily fencing in the sense that you can see through the other side the way you could a fence, um, is you want to see what the hell's going, excuse me, what's going on on the other side. That's okay. We curse all the time on this show. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, uh, you you want to be able to, are people gathering? Are they coming this way? Is there a way to interdict them? Uh, that's why you have the barriers that look like fence. Now, the shipping containers, obviously, you can't do that. So you have no idea what the heck's happening on the other side. Apparently, they had so little idea of what was happening that somebody came and pulled a couple of them over. Absolutely. Uh, so, so for someone who has some level 
of knowledge and expertise and sophistication in the area, you go, this is just a terrible way of doing it, assuming you need to be doing it at all. Uh, talking to Andy Gordon, former counselor of the Department of Homeland Security. Something needs to be done. Uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. I mean, it, they, they've sent a few busloads to New York City, and New York City acts like they're going to go bankrupt in the hour. Yet Yuma is inundated. To, you know, Tucson sector, El Paso, we can talk about it. Nothing gets done in any of these places. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, is it a silly idea? Of course, it's not a great idea. But the alternative is do nothing. Yeah, but but your statement that nothing is done is simply incorrect. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of miles of barrier have, in fact, been built over the years. Uh, when did it become racist to build barriers? Because Trump, pardon? Trump was a racist when he wanted to put up a wall. Under Obama, I was down at Yuma. That's a lot of that's Obama's wall. It, it, it is. Uh, uh, president Bush, the second President Bush, started it. Uh, we committed to completing a large portion of it. Uh, the fact is, Trump did not add a single mile to the barrier. Trump did yeah. not add a single additional mile. He repaired some barrier. Hmm. Why didn't he place. add a mile? Was it because he didn't want to? I, only Trump knows why Trump does what Trump does. I, I can't tell The fact is that where the barrier exists now... Uh, which is overwhelmingly the com- from uh, the Pacific Ocean to Texas. Um, that was all put in place, as I said, when both the Bush administration and the Obama administration, because after studies, we decided those were the areas that you needed it the most uh, to be effective. There are other areas where the terrain is so bad you can't get through. You know, one of the interesting things with this particular area is just a few miles to the southeast of it is the Cocopaw Reservation, uh, which the state has no jurisdiction over. Um, and so to the extent you uh, prevent people coming through uh, near the Morelos Dam, which is where these uh, containers are going, it's like squeezing a balloon. It's, it's just going to go down to the cocoa okay. pot. This particular gap has been there for, it was there when I was there. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you, I don't, I don't recall, to be quite honest, why that gap was there. Um, so, okay. I'm uh, rattling on. Andy Gordon is joining us, former counselor to the Department of Homeland Security for the Obama administration, talking about the, what Ducey put up. It's these mm. shipping containers. Uh, Andy doesn't like that idea. Listen, I, I always say this. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a skeptic. I don't like either party. So, I mean, I can see the good and the bad from each. Uh, here's what I see from Joe Biden. Uh, I've been in Arizona 26 years. He's the worst president when it comes to the border. There's no one even close. Obama was pretty good. Trump was was he did some stuff I hated, but he was also did some stuff I thought were okay. Biden is 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 the worst I've ever seen. Do you agree with that? No, I think you're completely wrong, but that's okay. Well, you don't live here. We do. I do. So, I I do. I've lived here since 1973. You live in Arizona? And you think yeah, that this the corner of Central and Thomas? Oh my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't know you lived in Arizona. And, and you think how do you that think that if you live in Arizona? I guess that's my yeah, next question. I mean, how is this uh, good? I mean, we have zero. We have. You could just wander into our country, uh, surrender, and then we turn you loose. Well, a that's not true. It's it, 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 it's a simple matter. 
That's not true. Uh, secondly, where this particular uh, gap is in the wall, it's right on the Colorado River. It's not an easy place for people to cross, uh, which is probably why that gap is there to begin with. Um, uh, so it, it, it's not a big cro- crossing spot. Uh, they interdict, we interdict more people now uh, than we have in a long time. The fact is there's still a lot of people coming, particularly from Central America, uh, to try and get into the U.S. Uh, some of them are entitled to asylum. Some of them are here illegally. No question about that. But we've had millions of people. Been done, but to say nothing has been done to uh, deal with this problem is just nonsense. I haven't seen one. Tell me one thing. I haven't seen one thing that Biden has done. I, I, I just told you they've largely increase the number of CBP agents. They're processing people through more quickly now, way more quickly now than was ever done during. Are we stopping anybody or are we just just processing them faster? Absolutely. They're not, you know, some people get returned. Some people get to stay while their asylum claims are sorted out. More people have come in here than ever before. Millions and millions of people. No, that, that's that's not true. There is a, a large increase right now, but if you look at it historically over time, the waves come and go. They come and go. Not like this. Largely, largely dependent. Remember that the bulk of these people who are attempting to come into the country through the southwest border are not Mexicans. The bulk of them are from Central America. And what drives them are largely conditions in Central America. No, I understand that. Okay. I, understand, okay. I understand that. But, you know, but but we're expecting a total of two million by what next month? I mean, has that happened before? I haven't seen that happen before. Two million. Well, this is not the highest ever. It's it's one of the high points, but it's not the highest ever. It ebbs and flows. You can pull it up and look at the numbers yourself and plot it over time. I don't have those figures right in front of me, but if you want to do this again, I'm glad to get them. All right. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, because I've been, it is, uh, you know, in political call it the worst in history, all-time highs. Wall Street Journal, all-time highs. Uh, We were going to break the record. Well, we broke it now. We still have two months left in the fiscal year. That seems like all-time highs seem all-time highs. Okay. And you don't believe that? They're all-time highs. Hey, I don't think they're all-time highs, but your bigger point is that nothing's being done simply isn't true. Mm. A lot's being done. All right. A lot's being done, but it's not an easy problem to solve. I mean, Has the know, president even been to the border? Were, no. Has, has Kamala Harris been to the border? No. We've had... Uh, Eric Adams, the mayor well, of New wait, York, wait, wait, went wait, to the is, border. Is it, is, it, is it just coincidence that... That Ducey pulls this political stunt uh, a week after Senator Kelly is down there explaining what's going to be done. Coincidence? I think not. All right. All right. Um, Andy Gordon. Uh, Who former... does live here, by the way. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you. It, it took me a little. It was... Probably longer than you two guys. Probably. Former counselor to the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, we look forward to having you on again and sparring. Thanks, okay, man. Thanks. Great. Great. Great talking to you guys. Be well. So, so just the la- last thing. When I said, oh. well, you know, you don't live here. Um, yeah, many people like, you know, in po- politics, they don't live here. No, I understand that. But the reason I said, well, you don't live here, you don't know. He actually does live here. <laughs> he lives here. 
I mean, if you live here, you should know. Again, if, I, I don't know how you could live in Arizona and think that things are just fine there. We got to run here. We got to run. Yeah. But we'll come back and we'll come back and talk about it. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. A mashup of news, information, and entertainment. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. I'm looking at some of these numbers. I don't know what he's looking at, but uh, it is insane. Okay, give me those numbers in a second, but let me just take everybody back if you're just joining us. We were joined by Andy Gordon, former counselor to the Department of Homeland Security for Obama. He worked on the barriers and the wall. And we've always said Obama built a lot of wall. Yeah. Uh, Trump wanted to build a lot of wall. I just don't think, uh, you know, he got stopped every time he tried. Okay, so when we talked to Andy Gordon, <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, when we were talking about the border, when we were talking about the wall, I brought Biden up because I think Biden's been the worst president on the border in my lifetime. And I basically said that to him and he disagreed. And I said, well, you don't live here. And he said, yes, I do. <laughs> so he does yeah. live here. And here's why I was taken aback. I think if you live here, I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican or independent. You got to know that our president doesn't care about the border. You got to know he's not putting money into the border. Uh, you got to know that he's ignored Governor Ducey. You, I mean, you got to know that, right? So think. I was taken aback. I was surprised because that was my thing. I'm like, you know, you probably live in D.C. and you just don't get it. No, he lives here in Arizona and he thinks Biden's done a good job. And I just I don't I, honestly, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. I was so taken aback by that. Well, when you're fine with open borders and the call, but, it, call but he built wall, he's not OK with open borders. Well, is he? he built a portion of the wall. But remember, and it's funny, he's like, you know, it's really hard to cross some of that Colorado River. I have news for you. It is not that hard. We were down there. We're watching kids and, and mothers walk across that thing. Mm. And is it perilous in certain areas? Yeah. But I was down there with Andy Biggs, you know, before the whole thing. And uh, we we're, we're sitting there. We're watching people walk by us. Yeah. I'm with congressmen. Senators here in the United States of America, at people are crossing at the border willy nilly. Yeah, I just i I wish we had a little more time. But we should bring him back on to to because we're just boy, we don't agree. But and that's fine. What has Biden done at the border? You talk to border patrol agents all the time. They're nothing. exhausted and they're quitting. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Okay. Not doing a thing at the border. All right. We'll continue to talk about it. Up next, Becky Lynn has the 3.30 newscast. We will hold up her headlines next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. Oh, it's 3.30 and you know what that means. Becky Lynn has the headlines. Chad, me, Gatos, we're here to hold him up. Becky Lynn, your first story, please. Arizona's rising real estate. Home values starting to fall all across the country, especially here in Phoenix. KTAR's Luke Forstner joins us live from the News Center with the story. Well, Becky Lynn, according to the July housing report by real estate company Zillow, the average across the country amounted to a loss of around $360. But Zillow economist Nicole Bichot says the Phoenix area saw a more severe decrease. We were looking at 2.8% monthly home value decline uh, between June and July, and that was uh, somewhere around $14,000 different from the month before. She says sellers are cutting prices due to inventory piling up because too many potential buyers 
shares are being priced out of the market. Live from the News Center, Luke Forstner, KTAR News. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Every time I think about home prices and all that, I know uh, a couple, they are in their 20s, they just got married, and they bought a home for $450. Oh, my gosh, that's expensive. Yeah. You know, they're just starting to get, you know, to get their life together. And, you know, you have that house payment and, and the rates go up a little bit. But then you also have the home prices go up a, a lot. And you're like, my God, I remember my house was 235 all those years ago. And I thought that was tough. We're holding up the headlines. KTAR Eyes on Education. We've been telling you about the ongoing teacher shortage. And now we're hearing from a school district here in the Valley trying out a new teaching approach to attract and retain teachers. Mesa Public Schools has teams of teachers who identify students' needs. And then plan for instruction and plan a learning environment based on those needs. Superintendent Andy Forless explains this is meant to help students, but also improve working conditions for teachers. Uh, teacher one classroom is very difficult, especially when we the demands of the needs of children can far exceed that of that single teacher. Half of Mesa Public Schools will have teams of teachers working together by next year. Grisel Satino KTAR News. I, uh, so wait a minute, we don't have enough teachers, now we're going to team them up? Are we just going to put everybody in one big hall and go back to schools like back in the old days when it was in the barn? I'm, There's uh, one school that did do that. We already had that story. Oh, gosh. That opened up. They took the walls down. Oh, well, Remember, it was, it's in Tempe. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm the kid in class who raises their hand, and I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I'm with Chad. If you don't have enough teachers, how do you get teams you of teachers? Team them up. My guess is, and it's just a guess, we'll have to ask Griselda about this because she's the one that talked to him, but I'm thinking these two team up for this class where it's needed, and then maybe... Uh, the team teacher goes and joins another teacher for another class that that needs a team. Maybe the team like a roaming move around teacher? a roaming teacher. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. listen, we need to do something, and I'm willing to hear every. Yep. You want to fix it? You pay the teachers. Pay teachers, then they'll take the job. We're holding up the headlines. Ready for some rain, storms. The valley and much of the state could be in for some big rainfall tomorrow and Saturday with two monsoon disturbances expected to collide. James Sautel with the National Weather Service says one of these systems is on the way from Mexico and will link up with a system that's coming from the Four Corners area. That will happen right across our area of South Central, East Central Arizona, Southeast Arizona. That happens in the middle of the next two and a half days. Most of the valley can expect at least an inch of rain through Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're going to get some serious flooding in Arizona once again. It'll be flooded up north. You know, we always got to be careful when we're on the highway down here, right? Uh, certain parts of the highway flood. Uh, it's go- I think this is going to be a pretty bad two or three days. Yeah, Everything that I look at, it's going to be... I must be off work because it looks like that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Stay indoors. Scattered th- showers in 85 on Saturday. Bring oh, it. my lord. 85. And All the right. chance of rain is like 70%. Yeah. So, you know, if it doesn't I, happen, then somebody seriously missed the I, I'm just hoping my ball game doesn't get rained out on Friday because that's all I care about. It can rain for three well, days. I don't care. As long as know, I'm not rained out Friday. The only thing I'm concerned about is I have something to go to on Saturday night, and I have new shoes. Oh. And I'm very oh. upset. <laughs> that they might get wet, or yes. you just can't wear them outside? But both of them. Okay. Both, both okay. things. What yeah. do they used to have, like, those things? You put rubbers on or something like that? Do you guys Galoshes. remember that? Galoshes. Yeah. Remember my father? He, he called them rubbers. That's you what yeah, that? yeah. It depends on we don't have those country. anymore. Yeah. 
Is that a why? What, okay, what? you made you made Pablo. I'm hearing them laughing. laughing at yeah. what's, what are you guys, three years old? All right, we're holding up the headlines. <laughs> a Phoenix law enforcement operation that targets criminals and their guns is seeing early success. Phoenix Mayor Kate Gallego breaks down how the first month has gone. We launched this partnership on July 5th, and we have seized 711 firearms and more than 525 arrests since it was launched just over a month ago. The operation specifically targets parts of Phoenix with high gun crime. The city's gun related homicides have skyrocketed 45% over the last year with a 23% increase in aggravated assaults with firearms. Wow, crazy. Lots of guns out there. Uh, lots of people have guns illegally and shouldn't have guns. And uh, I have a feeling we're only getting a very small portion of what's out there, which is scary. We're holding up the headlines. KTAR eyes on the economy. The U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce has chosen Phoenix to host his annual conference in October. Chamber CEO Ramiro Cavazos told Arizona's Morning News, Hispanics contribute $3 trillion to the U.S. economy every year. Cavazos explains that despite this success, challenges are still there. Hispanics who oftentimes do not get that small business loan at the bank for whatever reason. They may have a better credit score and a better repayment history with their loan. But it's still a society where we make subjective decisions. Cavazos added that while labeled a minority, Hispanics make up a large part of American cities, including over 40 percent of Phoenix. Yep. Growing financial power, growing voting power. Uh, and people are taking note of that. And uh, it is uh, it's it's going to continue to grow from here. I was thinking the voting, too. Uh, you have some Hispanics that are moving away from the Democratic Party. And they're going into the Republican Party. Uh, how will that how, what will we look at in November and how will Hispanics uh, vote in in November? Because if the economy is bad, if inflation is bad, and you don't do anything on the border, by price, the way. And the are, border. Uh, yeah, that's everybody that, thinks everybody. Oh, you're Hispanics. You have frozen borders. Uh, not no. the case. We're holding up the headlines. Traffic deaths are increasing for much of the country, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. But. Arizona is defying the trend. The January through March period of this year was the seventh consecutive quarter of increases in the number of fatalities on the nation's roadways, continuing a trend that began at the height of the pandemic. But the increases were not across the board. The southeast region, including Florida, had no increase in traffic deaths. California and Arizona saw their numbers decline. That's ABC's Jim Ryan. That's because gas is so expensive, nobody can afford to drive anymore. Well, aren't people back in the office now with this whole COVID thing? I mean, goodness, we should have more people driving. But you know what we do in Phoenix? We hit people in the crosswalk. That's what we do. We hit pedestrians. We are the best at hitting pedestrians. We kill people. In the and going of the, road. the wrong way. We're great at going the wrong oh, way. Those are two boy. things. There's no doubt about it. That's it for holding up the headlines. Coming up next, the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers in the auction Indian community. KTAR News 92.3 FM in the KTAR News app. Give us on on the Gatos and Chad Show. All right. Why don't we kick off this hour with a check presentation. Swire Coca-Cola. Hello, my name is Lindsay Kuhn, and I'm representing Swire Coca-Cola USA. We are very honored to be a part of this year's Giveathon. Swire Coca-Cola has been a proud partner of Phoenix Children since 2016 with a lifetime giving of over $200,000. We are very excited and humbled to present this check in the amount of $10,000 to Phoenix Children's Hospital. On behalf of Swire Coca-Cola, thank you, Phoenix Children, for being there for our community, providing world-class care, because when it comes to the future of our children, moments count. 
All right, Swire Coca-Cola, $10,000. Very Woo! nice. All right, Chad, tell me about Layla. All right, it's another time for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. Layla, so think about this. Imagine being a labor nurse who works around moms and newborns for a living. Now, imagine being a labor nurse who happens to be pregnant when at 24 weeks you become terribly sick and life immediately changes for you and your baby. This is Layla's story. I'm Paula. And I'm Tony, and this is Layla's story. It was absolutely perfectly normal pregnancy. And then it just like out of the blue, I got really sick and wound up having her. I believe kids ought to stay kids as long as they can. Turn off the screen, go climb a tree, get dirt on their hands. It all happened so fast. I got there at 2 o'clock and she was born at 5. You know, me as a labor nurse knows that a 24-weeker is not good. There's a lot of issues 24-weekers can have when they're born. I really didn't know what was the possibilities of things going wrong until she explained it to me. We literally didn't think that she was going to make it. Most 24-weekers don't have very good outcomes. The nurse practitioner tried three times to intubate her, and I begged her and started crying just to save her. And they tried one more time, and she was actually able to intubate her that last time. That first night was very hard. Not knowing if she's going to live or die, never knowing if I got to hold her before that happened. It was very, very rough. Monday after she was born, he sat down with the neurologist. They explained that she had the grade four brain bleed on one side and a grade two on the other side, that, you know, there's a possibility that she may never walk or talk. That's when they gave us the option if we were going to keep her on life support or take her off life support. So we said as long as she wasn't suffering and she wasn't in pain and she wasn't hurting, that we wanted to do everything possible for her. And she's here today. We got to bring our baby home finally after 115 days. But with a 24-weeker, your journey is never going to be over. They have lifelong medical issues. It's, like they say, a roller coaster. I believe most people are good and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. The biggest hurdle for her is, is what kind of future is she going to have? I want her to be just like her sister and not have to worry about anything but being a kid. Our new normal is to whatever's going to help her live a happy, healthy life. Do I think the roller coaster is over? No. Do I think that we're in great hands with PCH for whatever else arises? Absolutely. Every hurdle that we've gone through, they could help us at PCH, and they have made it as easy as possible for us to go through all these challenges. It's not like going to a normal hospital, like we were driving on the way here, and she actually wanted to go to PCH, her hospital. They treat you like their family. I believe most people are good, and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. She thinks of PCH as her hospital, and she's not scared of it. They've helped us through our struggle, and then some. I know that there'll be a next challenge. I am not unrealistic to think that there's not going to be with her, but we're ready for whatever challenge comes next because we know that we are in good hands with them. If it wasn't for them, our daughter wouldn't be where she is today. I believe most people are good. 
Uh, the NICU at uh, Phoenix Children's is extraordinary. We've both been there. We've seen miracles. And how about Layla? Let's do a match for Layla. Let's do it right Spinato's now. Spinato's Pizzeria. Here's the match. Yeah. You hear the music? 602-933-4567. You could also text the word GIVE to 411-923. But we are in the middle of a match, and it's going to continue for the next few minutes. As the train Teddy Bear Express heads upstairs. Become a champion of hope. Teddy Bear delivered in your name to a child. 602-933-4567. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's.